Everything you need to know in order to succeed in marriage. From practical advice to current events, this is the EXO Podcast. Now here's your host, Brent Evans. All right, welcome to the EXO Podcast, brought to you by Marriage Today. This podcast is dedicated to helping couples thrive in their life and in love. Welcome to the podcast, Alan Kelsey. Thank you, Brent. Good to be here. Pastor Alan Kelsey. Yes, better get that right. <laughs> from Gateway Church. <laughs> That's right. Just up the road. Just up the road. Thanks for being here. You are filling in for Sean Reed today, and you're our special guest, but I'm going to have you actually sit in through the whole podcast, speak into whatever you want, whatever is on your mind today, Alan. You yeah. can talk from that. Good. So have our listening and viewing audience seen Sean Reed before? They have. Well, I don't know. If this is their first time tuning in, they wouldn't have. This is our ninth episode. Yes. We've had done. eight opportunities to see Sean. So he's been okay. a part of all of the previous eight episodes. Good. So you look slightly different than Sean. Well, not necessarily because we, he and I share something in common. And what is that? We are both African-American. You got to speak with an uh, an African (laughs) accent to to pull that off. So in case the rest of you don't know, I was originally born and raised in South Africa and my accent has since slipped away from me. But now that you have announced it, people will know because they'll listen and they'll hear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it. It's not like the movie Blood Diamond. I don't hear that Leonardo DiCaprio Mm. South African accent. No, it's not that bad. I never had it that badly to start with, so I sounded more like a stuffy Brit. <laughs> From people I know who are South African, they said that his, not to get off on this whole Leonardo DiCaprio role, but uh, they said his accent was actually pretty spot It was. On. I really appreciated his uh, studiousness in preparing for the role. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Well, we'll be talking about strengths with you uh, in the next segment. Mm. We have Caitlin with us again. Happy to be here. Thriving in life and in love. Thriving. Sweet. Uh, We are going to be talking about some news articles and having a great time today talking about strengths. First up, we've got some great advice about how to resolve conflict by picturing a fight from the outside. So this psychologist named Dr. Finkel did an experiment with about 120 newlywed couples. He took over the course of two years, he would periodically ask them questions about how they felt about the state of their marriage. And during the first year, their satisfaction declined, which unfortunately can be common in that first Mm. year of marriage. But at the start of the second year, he asked some of the couples to do something different when they were in conflict or in an argument. He said, think about this disagreement with your partner from the perspective of a neutral third party who wants the best for all involved, a person who sees things from a neutral point of view. How might this person think about the disagreement? How might he or she find the good that could come from it? And so those few that did that and took that perspective over the next year remained stable in their marital satisfaction, whereas the others continued to decline. Why do you think that that was so effective? I don't know if maybe if they just, because they got marriage instruction in the second year, if that helped. If mm-hmm. it was the, or if it was the actual advice. Well, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, two years into a marriage, of course, the first year you're getting to know each other. You're living mm-hmm. together. You're trying to figure out all the, the nuances of being with this person right. in the same home. Right. You know, just every, the everyday life kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you get to second year and somebody tells you some marriage advice that could kind of give you a thought process Hmm. to have whenever there's, you know, conflict or an opportunity for, um, you know, uh, rubbing each other the wrong way. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like empathy, basically. You're trying to put yourself in the shoes of somebody else. Or even just out of everyone's shoes. Just try to look at it neutrally and say, if I were giving advice to another couple having this issue, what would I say to them? Mm. I mean, it's great advice. I love the advice. I just was thinking about the fact that he had these two test groups and the one got marriage advice, and the other one really didn't mm-hmm. get specific marriage ah. advice. And so I don't know if he could have just told them to, I don't know, 
eat peanut butter sandwiches or something. Yes. <laughs> Just, this right. will help your marriage if you eat peanut butter sandwiches every day. <laughs> uh-huh. if the that placebo would... effect. Yes, exactly. Huh. But I thought it was great. I mean, it's, it's in a very impressive study. Mm-hmm. And Fink, his name's Finkel. Yeah, Dr. Fink is clearly Fink. a smart guy. <laughs> right? Uh, and I love that he was able to you know, show such discernible difference between the two groups. But I wonder if the reason for the second group really advancing isn't because by asking them to look at themselves from the outside, he introduced a sense of self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just the idea of being aware of yourself and how you affect others and others affect you and what's going on in that play is really the basis for all growth. That's what psychologists agree on. Now, psychologists don't agree on much, mm-hmm. but they do seem to agree around this idea that you need self-awareness in order to advance. And I think if you give them that, they can see themselves and go, oh, I see something, and then you can learn mm-hmm. from right. that perspective. So it's something to try at home. Maybe next time you're having a conflict, just to step away and think about it from another point of view. That's great. Mm-hmm. Next up, we have Eight Secrets of Long Married Couples. We're talking about a book called 30 Lessons for Loving, Advice from the Wisest Americans on Love, Relationship, and Marriage. And in How this come book, I wasn't asked for the answers to this question? <laughs> you have to have been married. Have you been married longer than 30 years? Dude, five years just short. Made the, just missed the cut. But this guy, Carl Pillemer, he interviewed over 700 people who had been married between 30 and 50 years and totaling over 40,000 years of marriage. That's how much wisdom went into this book. But something that he did was he compiled the things that those couples said the most frequently, all of the repeated Uh. advice he tended to get from all of them. And he came up with five things that were repeated most often. The first being don't settle when you're choosing a spouse. This is a no-brainer. We talk about this all the time. Being wise in our decisions that Mm. we make starting out. The second is to communicate The third, put your spouse ahead of your kids. This is something we talked about on last week's podcast. It can be a hard thing to do. It's not necessarily a trendy or a popular decision to make to prioritize your spouse over your children, but that was repeated advice, and this happened to be my favorite. Do not fight when you're hungry. This was a repeated (laughs) advice. 700 couples (laughs) repeatedly said, don't fight hungry. Wow. That might be the number one key to a successful marriage. It's all about blood sugar. <laughs> Listen, if the way to a man's heart is through his stomach, then that makes absolute sense to me. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, I mean, um, th- there's commercials. Sneakers makes a whole campaign about the hangry yeah, moment. Yeah, you're not you when you're hungry. Yeah, you're Joe Pesci from Two Fellas <laughs> when you're hungry. You're and that, hangry. that is a true, very true, uh, you know, dynamic that happens whenever you get into a situation where you just need to take a time, take a time out, mm-hmm. get your blood sugar back, have a cracker. We used to right. say, like, somebody said, you need a cracker. <laughs> like, running joke for a while. Because I, I just get cranky, mm-hmm. you know, and you just start snapping at people. I don't know. Yeah. Mm. Take uh, a second. So step back. Great. Assess it from somebody else's point of view and maybe have a snack and you're ready to have a lifelong So day. that was four out of five, right? What yes, was the last the five, one? The fifth is be willing to change. So be willing mm-hmm. to make the changes. Be willing to look at yourself from that outside perspective. Yeah. Yeah. That one's got to be hard, though. You know, if you go into a fight, the reason you're fighting is because you hold your position so strongly. Mm-hmm. So if you didn't, there wouldn't be a fight. So mm-hmm. it's kind of an oxymoron. Which one comes first? Don't hold your position so strongly. Be willing to change. So I could see how that's a little bit of a circular argument. Mm-hmm. Perhaps. It is. Yeah, we had Teresa Thomas on the podcast a few weeks ago, and she was talking about how so many times in marriage we think there's winners and losers. Mm. If there's a winner and a loser, then both of you lose. Mm-hmm. Some people, so many people are so wanting to be right, right, that they're willing to lose everything, everything. just to be right. Right. Yeah. Um, but I like the one, it was number seven uh, on the list, uh, was take care of yourself. So many couples, I see that they work so hard in the beginning to impress, 
and then they just put it on autopilot in their marriage and they don't keep themselves mm. and not just not just physical appearance but also just learning and just growing yeah. mm-hmm. keeping yourself somebody that your spouse wants to pursue yeah. you know what I'm saying just, Absolutely. you kind of have to kind of keep that dynamic and I feel like that's a lot of times as you get into life especially when you have kids it's so easy to sort of just like let things go and, and you're not really doing the things you were doing in the beginning to where you fell in love mm-hmm. and um then you get hungry and you start fighting. <laughs> <laughs> it's all down over there. Well, you know, when I think about uh, what drew me to Stephanie, by the way, my wife's name's also Stephanie, yes. just for the record. It's a good one. Um, right? It, it, was, it was everything about her that I didn't know. It was like this unwrapped, I mean, this wrapped present with so many layers, and I was just intrigued by the idea of discovering all of that. Now, I have learner and input, so I'm given to that interest anyway. But I was just fascinated with observing who she is and how she would respond in varying uh, situations. And that kept me coming back for a long time. Well, if I stayed the same and I didn't take care of myself, then she would quickly know all there is to know about me, which I think women do faster than men anyway, but I'm not going to go there. And I, so I would give her nothing else to be interested in. Mm-hmm. So it's important for me to be able to evolve and strengthen and grow too, if she's going to stay even remotely interested in who I'm becoming. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. good. It's good. It's good advice. Hey, Alan, every time we talk about date nights here, our sponsor's Datebox. Have you heard of Datebox? No. Talk to me about Datebox. So cool. Caitlin and I have already signed up for our Datebox. We... I'm waiting on mine separately. in the mail. Yes, separately. <laughs> oh, it comes in the mail? It comes in the mail. It's a box that comes to you, to in your, your home. inbox. No, it's a physical box. Oh, fi- okay. They give you a date that you can take, put it put into practice. So it's a subscription service. Okay. And uh, they send you everything you need to know, have a successful date night every month. It's different. Every, every night's different. Some nights they do like a, a way to make food together. Mm. Uh, sometimes it's not on town. They actually ask you questions. They ask me a list of questions about what my interests were, activities we like to do together, what, yeah. what our idea is of fun, fun date night, if it's more romance, chilling out, mm-hmm. or if it's going and doing something adventurous. Okay. So Datebox, getdatebox.com is the URL. Go there, check it out. They have a lot of options there for you. You can do a monthly subscription service. They even have a di- digital version as well if you just want to get all the, the tips and the tools to have a su- successful date night. Use the promo code EXOPODCAST when you check out. You'll get your first month for free. All you have to do is pay $5 for shipping and handling. I do hope you take advantage of our friends at Datebox. They're doing a lot of promotions over there. So th- there's some additional things you can take advantage of. I noticed this week that they were doing two free airline tickets anywhere in the world if you mm-hmm. signed up this month oh. for Datebox. Not, not too bad. Yeah, I'm in on that. <laughs> Watch this clip of Alan Kelsey, our favorite African-American, on the set today. <laughs> we'll be right back. There's a massive difference between affirmation and praise. In our marriages, we need affirmation and we need praise. But more often than not, what we actually get is 90% of praise and very, very little, if any, affirmation. And the reason is because you actually have to know each other incredibly well in order for affirmation to really happen. See, praise has everything to do with what you do, right? If you're in a church service one day and a singer stands up to give an amazing presentation, when they're done, what do we do? We clap for them. What is that? That's praise. We're thanking God for the gift in the individual. We're thanking them for spending some time to develop their talent. It's praise, right? It's connected to what they just did. But if you want to affirm somebody, you have to know who they are. See, praise speaks to what you do. Affirmation speaks to who you are. They're not the same thing at all. 
And the, and the good thing about praise is as long as you lob it over the fence and kind of get it in the vicinity, it works. I could say to one of my buddies, hey, Sean, thanks for coming over last weekend and helping me move the couch. Man, that, that was real, real, real nice of you. I mean, I, what am I thanking him for? I just lobbed one over the fence. It was real vague. But if I want to affirm somebody, I actually have to know something about who they are. And here's the problem. If it's not right, it doesn't work. In fact, the opposite happens. If I'm trying to affirm you and I don't really know you, meaning the words I'm saying don't ring true to you, what do you feel? You feel like I'm trying to manipulate you. I'm trying to tell you nice things about who you are, but they're not accurate. And so now you suspect I'm trying to, you know, shake hands and kiss babies. You feel like you've got politicked in a little bit. What are you trying to manipulate me for? What are you trying to get out of me? It's horrible in a marriage. The reason we don't affirm one another is because we don't know each other this well, and we need to. Welcome back to the EXO Podcast. This is brought to you by Marriage Today. This podcast is dedicated to helping couples thrive in life and love. We love doing it here. Alan Kelsey is our special guest on the podcast That's today. That's me. Mm-hmm. Happy to be here Pastor again. Alan Kelsey Still. from Gateway Church. All the way. Hey, you were an Olympic sw- swimmer. I was-ish. Ish. You still I, swim every day? I do. Well, three times a week. Three times a week. Mm-hmm. So tomorrow morning, 4.45, my alarm goes off. It's wow. impressive. Swimming is one of those things that it's, it's very difficult to do well. Michael Phelps obviously set the bar extremely high. but So, so high. It's like <laughs> Michael was, Phelps and then Alan Kelsey. Oh, like, wow. <laughs> yeah, there's light years between those two places. Yes. Uh, well, but you're very, in your life, you've achieved a lot of the goals that you've set forth. Um, mm-hmm. When we met, you were actually making a uh, television pilot. That's right. And, we uh, don't have time to talk about that. No, though. we don't. Mm-hmm. But you've done a lot, a lot for not just, you know, um, helping people at church, but you've done a lot to help marriage as well. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how we get to know each other as y'all were trying to help uh, do this thing for marriage on television back in the day. And then you have us introduced to strengths. You Mm -hmm. came to our office and helped us uh, understand what StrengthsFinders was and what it could do for uh, your professional life. Right. And then you and my dad had this uh, genius idea. (laughs) Genius idea. To uh, tackle strengths from the marriage perspective and fuse the stuff that my dad's been doing for the last 30 plus years, which is helping couples succeed in marriage and what you've been doing for so many years. How many years have you been doing strengths? A decade. A decade. And merging that together, and y'all have created this new book, Strengths-Based Marriage. That's the one. And we just had the conversation that's moved 50,000 units. Yep, pretty close. Since since it was printed, this was, it's been about a year it's been out. So uh, we want to talk about strengths today. I'd love to. What it's going to do for couples out there listening. I, I'd say this, that before I got into strengths, I typically did not like assessments. They made me feel like I was put into a box. Mm. And people would say, hey, what's your disc profile? I'd be like, hmm. I don't, don't put me in the box. what my disc profile is. <laughs> but it, it, sometimes it gave people the uh, excuse to be a jerk. Yeah. I'm just a high, I'm just a high D. Mm. Well, I'm a Suck you. it up, buttercup. Yeah. <laughs> Caitlin, what's your perspective on assessments? I've loved from them. Woman? I mean, personally... I've always wanted to discover more about why See, I am the way that I am. And yeah, I've, I've, every possible assessment I could take, especially when I was younger and trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, I would take them. Mm. Okay, so that's what the application was. It was, what am I going to do with what I know? For me, it was, yeah, what is my purpose? What am I good at? Where am I going? Ah, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just always heard it like, oh, well, you're just a, a sanguine or you're an otter or you're a whatever, a right. Labrador, whatever label they would put on you. And then that just puts you in such a confining box. And my, my comeback, and anytime somebody would say something about that, I would be like, well, what is Jesus? Because we're all supposed to be like Jesus. <laughs> oh, right? Gosh. Oh, hush. <laughs> That's so lion of you to do that. <laughs> uh, Shots anyway, fired. I say all that to say that I love, this is the first assessment that I've actually loved getting to know because mm-hmm. it gives you, a, first of all, a broader perspective of yourself. It's not just you know one or two labels. It gives you 34 strengths to look at, a prism to look through that defines you. And, um, and so I love the strengths. So what I want you to do for our audience is, I've been talking way too much here. You're the, you're the one I on the podcast. I wish you would quit. Right. <laughs> uh, is uh, to talk about what strengths is, because I want to educate people on what it actually is, and kind of just d- dial into the reason why we're even talking about how it can help people in marriage. Yeah. Well, so the Strengths Movement was created a long time ago, but really this particular focus from this assessment is designed to try to help people find the best of who they are. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of what you were sen- saying in the sentiment of it was, I want to know about the best of who I am, and then what do I do with what I've discovered? Right. And the reason I think it's so powerful is because there are 34 nuances in, in each of us. And we all possess all 34, but your order is different than mine and yours is different than mine. And so there's a uniqueness about my contribution to the world. So I love that about strength, that it identifies my one-of-a-kind unique contribution. But then it also tells me where the strongest contribution of my life is likely to come from. And so I give you kind of your top five of those strengths. And it doesn't mean that you're going to be great at golf or particularly strong uh, academia or something like that. It just talks about where your natural motivations lie mm-hmm. to follow through on things. So, for example, my, I have high learner. And what that means is I love to learn. I have a lot of natural motivation to follow through with learning. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of natural curiosity. My wife, on the other hand, does not. Hmm. So when I feed her my curiosity, she yawns. I'm not interested in that. It's so boring. But it fires me up. So the two primary reasons I think you need to know your strengths is, one, it's going to be the place of your greatest contribution. But then, two, it's about your joy. Mm-hmm. Because the, the other thing that we talk about in the book is how there's this set of endorphins that are released when you use your strengths, and it's kind of designed by God that way. So you get this payoff for doing the thing that he wired you to do. Yeah. And uh, it just kind of leads you in the right direction and sets you up for success. I, I don't see anything wrong with it. Mm-hmm. So I, I took the strengths assessment about five years ago. And uh, when I took it, I knew I didn't realize that, the, that there were timed questions. <laughs> and so <laughs> I had my, my middle son, who's now six, he was, I think he was just a baby at the time. He was crawling around right when I was doing that. He was spilling stuff. I was so distracted. Mm. I, I answered most of the questions the way I wanted to, but I know I didn't have a total time to just think and focus on it. Right. So I actually took the test again today, this morning. You did? In preparation for the podcast. Okay, thanks for the warning. I got all 34 of my strengths. <laughs> um, and so it, it helped me. In fact, I, I feel like I, I understand myself a little bit better now. Some of the top five I had five years ago still exist um, in my top five that mm. I took today. So I know there's some, some, uh, you know, some things that carried over, but I, I could definitely tell that I dialed in a little bit more today. I love it. And I like to I like to see it. So it, it was helpful for me to see it. My wife took the test last year, and um, her one of her top strengths is relater, mm. and that helped me understand that whenever we're talking, <laughs> she does not like it when I'm distracted. So it's eye contact. Right. Mm-hmm. I she wants to have deep, meaningful conversations with a few people. She doesn't want to work the whole room. When she mm-hmm. walks into a party, she wants to talk to people that have 
you know, a, a connection with. Yeah. And when she talks to them, she wants them to be in the moment. She doesn't want them to be looking around. Um, that's helped me so much. Knowing, knowing how your partner is wired makes all the difference in the world because you can then either orient your life around supporting that about right. them or you can compete with it or, com you know, then there's combat. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think half of marriage challenges are rooted in misunderstanding. I don't understand the way she thinks. She doesn't understand the way I think, so we fight. And uh, just this idea of knowing how each other is motivated is deeply important because when you speak to how I'm motivated, you speak to me at a deep level that's not easy to see. And so I feel seen. I mm -hmm. feel affirmed. I feel like I'm valued in that moment. And this idea of affirmation is quite missing, I think, in, mm -hmm. in our language as, a, as married couples. Yes. Mm -hmm. as, the excerpt clip we just played was actually from Phoenix, and you, ta you were talking about how when you give somebody a compliment, you know, it's, it's one thing. You praise them. It's one right. thing. But to validate how they're wired. Mm. So uh, important. And not to manipulate it, but to just tell them how you, know, you care about who they are and why yeah. they're that way. Uh, it unlocks something in their lives that's very powerful. Yeah. Well, I think it invites transparency in each other. You know, like <laughs> if I give you something that's truthfully deep about me, then then you are now armed with an ability to hurt me. I'm hoping as a spouse that you would treat that respectfully and, and thoughtfully. But the next step beyond that is not just honoring and affirming each other, but actually calling the very best out of that person the sentiment of it's not okay with me to continue to be married to you and watch you not become the phenomenal person you ought to be able to get to. And mm -hmm. I see it on print. I just want your life to match all the potential that's there. Right. And that provides a lot of language for encouragement and upliftment in a family. Mm -hmm. Yeah, testimony after testimony of couples who have taken the test and started to understand that all of the weird things they thought about their spouse were actually strengths. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there was a pastor that talked about how his wife was just always digging her heels in on certain things and she would not let go. Well, it turns out belief is one of her top five strengths. Ah. And so, you know, when you have belief, you really believe something. That's right. It's really strong. And, and it's a, it is a strength. I mean, because whenever you need somebody to be loyal and have your back, you want somebody with belief. Sure do. And so you start seeing it that way. And also with my kids, you know, you talked about with your daughter, uh, how you were trying to prod her along to get, like, see the world the way you see it. Mm -hmm. to, to understand, you know, with responsibilities or certain things. And you just realized after she took her strengths or understanding what her strengths were, uh, that's just the way she's wired, that, that you had to navigate the course of that relationship differently than you would normally because of the way she's wired. Yeah, to me it brings up the, the conversation of the difference between speaking and communicating. If I'm speaking to you, I'm just delivering words, mm -hmm. and I could walk away and feel like, oh, no, I communicated with them. Well, now, communication happens when you hear the words and they translate and you understand what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. That's much more possible if... I'm speaking to you using the strength language that is relevant to you. Right. But if I'm speaking to my daughter using strength language that's relevant to me only, she doesn't have the tools to understand all of what I'm saying, and it starts to feel like, you don't get me. Mm -hmm. And then they just check out. They don't understand. Yeah. What are some of the strengths that are in your top five? I have woo, communication, positivity, empathy, and input. Woo-woo wow. for woo. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it's so fascinating to me that I see this occur over and over, but I see woo, positivity, and communication traveling together so often. It's mm. almost like they were cousins, like they're related. You see one, you can almost bet there's going to be another one looking around mm -hmm. somewhere. 
So what would you say to somebody who's in a relationship with someone and they have opposite strengths or you're raising a child who has incredibly different strengths? What can you do? I know being empathetic is part of it and learning about their strengths. Is that what you do? Do you read about their strengths? How can you come into their world and communicate with them in a way that that makes sense to them? I would encourage doing that, learning and reading about it. But you you never want to learn in isolation from the individual, right? Because there's no book that carries who you are. Mm -hmm. You're the book. Right. So it'd be stupid for me to read a book about who you are and, and be getting all excited about how phenomenal your personality is <laughs> when you're right there. I could find out from you in person. Yeah, that's good. So, so much better to go to the carrier of that particular knowledge and say, can you share with me what this means? Mm-hmm. Can you tell me about your woo? How do you think? How do, what's exciting to you? What's scary to you? When do you feel strongest? Mm-hmm. And just find out that information directly from the source. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. Yeah, my, my parents famously... Their test results were complete opposite. Mm-hmm. You know, my dad's uh, top strength is achiever, and my mom's top strength is empathy. My dad's last strength is empathy. My mom's last strength. That's is achiever. right. They literally go opposite <laughs> like that, which makes a lot of sense. And that really does create all of the. You can tell so much of the story just from their assessment. <laughs> he was a he was a jerk when they got married. Right. She was sort of the doormat, and she kind of found some fire in her and kind of mm-hmm. rose up and started testing him in a godly way. And, you know, he had to sort of come to this realization that he was a jerk. But, but even though with leading the church or leading the organization, that achiever comes out. And with empathy for her as a pastor's wife or as a mother or as a grandmother, you see that come out. And it's nice to be able to say that's, that's just how they are wired. Mm-hmm. It's not my dad trying to be, you know, overachiever. He's just wired. He, get, he gets up in the morning. I know this from being his son. He gets up in the morning. And he tackles the day. Right. He gets more done by 8.30 than most people do all day. And that's, that's truly true. I mean, he's, he's, he's thinking about everything he's got going on. He spends time with the Lord. He does all of his writing and, and his uh, studying. And uh, he really gets a lot done yeah. in the morning time. But that's the, that's the achiever part of him. Yeah, so if you're, if you're your mom's, in your mom's shoes and she's looking at all of that productivity and thinking, if I was a better Christian, I would be able to do like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And so all this condemnation would come on her in her relationship with him. Whereas, truthfully, if he was completely honest, he would have to say something like, you know, I'd like to take complete sort of ac- all the accolades for doing that but I sort of can't help myself. Mm -hmm. Like I'm built for this. And so it's the easiest thing for me to get up and follow this plan and and execute because that's kind of how God made me. So we can either take ownership of or lay claim to the things that God's invested in us or we can treat them respectfully in ourselves and in each other and just do all we can to amplify what God's doing. Mm -hmm. It's good. The book's phenomenal and we've had great reviews of it. Now the book doesn't come with the assessment. You have to pay for the five, that's right, top five strengths or the first, the full 34 strengths and really they only need the top five that's right and those five are going to give you plenty to work on they're really going to illustrate where the strongest portions of your life are going to come from Mm -hmm. and then the best resource from a marriage perspective is to look at this as a companion resource because the information is good initially but how it actually becomes applicable in a marriage context isn't so obvious on the front end Mm -hmm. and so material like this is really going to deepen that value Mm -hmm. You can go to our website and check it out, Strengths-Based Marriage. Uh, the assessment, you can go to Gallup Strength Finder, right? Mm-hmm. And it's $15 per person to take the, the top five strength assessment. Uh, it's, I told my dad this this last week, and I also echoed it to you over lunch. Um, I feel like this is one of the things that can change anybody's marriage by understanding your spouse's strengths. That's right. It gives you a, a place of common ground, and you be, can begin to just, we talked about that in the news segment, mm-hmm. see things from the outside, but see things from a different perspective. 
you kind of start understanding that your spouse isn't weird. That's right. That they were just yeah. wired that way from the beginning. And yeah. you didn't mention this statistic, which is what I, one of the ones I love, but there's only one in 33 million, in 33 million mm-hmm. uh, like you, wired right. like you. That's and, right. Um, which with, when you put all those strengths together, you, you think that's crazy, but um, it is what makes us unique. It's what gives us our ability to be unique yeah. and to understand that our spouse is just one of those other people that has a wiring system that we want to understand. Why wouldn't you want to know that? Sure. So Huge. This next segment from Alan, he likes to talk about how strengths can be used in the bedroom. <laughs> so watch this and we'll be right back. Strengths-based marriage is founded on the idea that there is a way for you and I to live our lives and our marriages oriented around the best of who we are. And as it happens, the Gallup organization created what they call the Clifton Strengths Finder Assessment. And it's a 35-minute online survey that gives you back the five sort of primary strengths that you have and teaches you how to use them in any walk of life. Our book, Strengths-Based Marriage, specifically shows how to use that content in a marriage context. And my interest in talking with you today is to narrow that focus even more so that we can talk about how knowing and using your strengths actually influences what happens in the bedroom. I know, if you're like me, you're probably thinking, how is that even possible? Could that even work? But it really does. So there are 34 of these amazing strengths that God has given us that this material reveals, and they're broken up into four major categories. See, there's seven or eight strengths in each of those categories, and each one of them has their own unique collection. So the first one is a bundle of strengths that, called, that are called an executing group. And so all the strengths that fall into that group fall into this execu- executing category. Now, the executing category, people with those strengths just really love to get things done. And so if you take that idea and you move it into the bedroom, well, now you've got a group of folks who are very goal-oriented. They know exactly where they want to be and what they want to do, and they have kind of a checklist. They might have a set of goals that are involved. And that kind of um, outcome-oriented determination might bring a little bit more stress into the bedroom than you or your spouse might be ready for. And so it might be worthwhile just talking about expectations or unmet expectations uh, prior to you getting back to the bedroom. It will help work through this executing category strength. The next grouping is a relationship building grouping. And folks who are strengths that fit into this package are just really amazing at relationships. And so the relationship value is the piece that they want to express most powerfully in the bedroom. And so it calls upon a really intimate face-to-face connection. It calls upon deep openness and awareness, transparency, maybe a little bit of risk. And so uh, these folks initiate bedroom-style activities long before the event actually ever happens. And oftentimes, it just looks like a conversation. So guys, girls, if you're looking for some cues, I'm just telling you, you never know when a conversation is actually the first shot over the bow to say, hey, we're open for business today. The third category is a strategic thinking category. 
And these folks are very much in their heads. They just love to plan and strategize. And so their, their, their thoughts about what happens in the bedroom begin long before that activity ever actually plays out. And so don't rob your spouse of all of the anticipative joy that comes from what happens between the sheets by springing it on them. They may not like uh, sort of in-the-moment activity. They like planned activity, things that they can anticipate and savor long in advance. Those are your strategic thinkers. And then the final group, the final category that has six or seven strengths in there is this influencing category. And these folks love to be in the moment, unlike the strategic thinkers. They want right now in the moment and they want to strike while the iron is hot. They have a sense of what feels right and what's going to work best. And so they love to express that and take on varying styles and varieties. And because they're a confident group of people, they may love to have the lights on. So don't be surprised if you have some expectations about what your bedtime activity is going to look like and your influencer has a different set of expectations. Knowing and meeting expectations is always a wonderful way to be able to have a lot of fun as you guys turn out the lights. Welcome back to the XO Podcast, brought to you by Marriage Today. We're talking to Alan Kelsey today. That's right. It's all about me. It's all about you, yes. You are the strengths expert. I'm doing my best. Hey, it's been great stuff so far today. We are talking about strengths, and this is all Gallup Strengths Finder assessment tool. Correct. And how it applies to marriage. Uh, there is a danger zone when it comes to strengths, though. True. It's called counterfeits. Mm-hmm. Talk about it. It's the shadow. Well, you know, I think in a faith perspective, we're all aware of the upside. We're all aware of God. We're all aware of the positive side. But if, but we're also all aware that there, we have an enemy. There is a devil, and he is at war, and he's trying to take us out. Well, if you only offer Christians the upside and you, and you never say anything about the downside or the dark side of something, we all go, wait a minute. There's another piece here that you're not talking about. We know it's there. Where is it? Mm-hmm. So m- many of the Christians I talk to who have taken the strength assessment say, there's a shadow to this that I know is there, but nobody's giving me language for it. And in the book we talk about it, and we just call them counterfeits. Counterfeits on purpose, that word very particularly, because it looks like the real thing, but really actually it's not. It's completely destructive to you and to your marriage. So, for example, my number one strength is achiever, which means I love to get stuff done. I'm kind of action-oriented, and I love to keep moving. I love to produce things. And um, so if I'm at a party and I'm getting things done, it could look like I'm not interested in people. I'd be moving around the party, interacting with people, but I'd be facilitating the joy and the fun of the, of mm-hmm. the occurrence. Well, people could look at that from the outside, not having had a conversation with me, and judge my behavior and say, he's not interested in people. He's just interested in the activity. Yeah. But it's not really true. If you'll pause for a minute and actually ask me what's going on, I'll tell you. I'm so glad these people are here. And the things that I'm doing are helping everybody to live their relational enjoyment out. I'm replacing the, the sodas. I'm putting ice in the drinks. I'm washing dirty cups. I'm putting new ones out. That looks like busyness, but... When those cups are present, those people can keep having their wonderful conversation and their joy can be extended. So I'm serving them and I'm facilitating good relationship by doing it. But it would be easy to misinterpret my activity, my busyness, and say, I'm not interested in the people. Well, it's not true. I'm not out there doing it by myself. I'm talking to people. I'm engaging with them as I go along. But it can look like that. And that's what a counterfeit is. It looks like something that's destructive. 
But if, but if you actually ask the person who's displaying the behavior, what's going on, then they'll tell you, no, nah, it's not what's in my heart. What I'm, what's in my heart is to serve these people. Mm-hmm. What's the kind of fit of, is, is Wu your top? Yeah, Wu's my number one. What's the kind of thing, Wu? Well, for Wu, it'd be, you know, when I observe Caitlin in a room with a room full of other people, she's so interested in talking to everybody, and I mean everybody, that it would look to me like she's indiscriminate. Like, how could you possibly be interested in all those people? That must be fake. Mm-hmm. So I judge her as being not, not sincere, not genuine, and indiscriminate in her flittering from one person to the next, mm-hmm. which is not true about her at no, all. No, it's not true. What about in election? Election's my top strength. Hmm. Thin ice right here. Let me tread carefully. Um, so people with intellection, their hard drive is always on, right? So we're always processing. And it can look like you're more interested in the data and what's going on in your head than what's going on around you in real life. Mm-hmm. And so people will want to pull you into here and just feel like you're just dismissive of the current activities because what's happening up here is more engaging. Interesting. Not true. It's good stuff. No, it's, it's important to know that um, as you're evaluating your spouse, too. Well, sure. And, you know, I, th- there, there's a part to counterfeits that are, that's important, and it's this, that one, you should know we all have them. Mm-hmm. Two, you should know that you own the change or the correction of it. So if you've got – I'm talking to you now. <laughs> if you've got intellection and you find people kind of mistreating you, treating you with the counterfeit, they're not going to fix it on their own. You have to recognize that they're operating out of a counterfeit, and then you got to come to me and say, hey, I've noticed this about your language when you're interacting with me. And I spoke to this crazy African a few days ago, and he helped me see that this isn't the case, and so I want to help you change your language when you're speaking to me because the words that we speak, you know, they create things just mm-hmm. like God's words do, and I don't want that stuff around me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for talking to me. Yeah, you're very welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get his attention once in a while. I <laughs> know. Uh, it's good. Uh, so <clears throat> couples are listening out there. They're talking to, to each other about their strengths. Give them some final thoughts about why they should even take the step to take the assessment in the, in the immediate goal of, of learning about these strengths, but also the long-term advantage of having this understanding. Like why, why should they take the time, the investment uh, of, of taking the test, going through all this, studying this, What's the payoff? Well, the payoff is you get another language. And I don't mean start speaking in tongues. That's a whole different kind of conversation. (laughs) Watch it. But you get another language for communicating with your spouse. And what that means is if I know my spouse um, has belief, then I frame the activity that she delivers out of her belief Mm -hmm. in the belief box, which is laced with hope and opportunity and good strength, as opposed to you're just doing that to drive me crazy. Why are you so pig-headed? Right. So the language reframes the conversation, the conversation becomes laced with hope and opportunity, and it dismantles or breaks down all of the conflict that's laced in misunderstanding. There's so much hope in that. We need it. We need opportunity to point to what's right about each other Mm -hmm. and to call it good. Many of the folks that I talk to who have taken it say, it was so freeing for me to hear that having intellection is not broken, that being in my head is not wrong, that needing time to be alone and think isn't broken, that mm-hmm. that's good and healthy, and I, and I can build time for that into my relationship. You can't do that if you don't know. Mm-hmm. That's the power of the test. Mm-hmm. That's good. So many companies have used it to help their employees get better mm-hmm. and create a work environment that you know encourages people to learn about each other's right. strengths and, and doing that. And to now take this for marriage, we've heard so many testimonies of marriages that have been saved yeah. because of understanding how their spouse is wired. So thanks for being a part of, part of the podcast today. So happy to be invited. Bringing all the strengths That's information. Right. It's good stuff. Hey, check out the book in our 
marriagetoday.com store. You can go there. Use the promo code XO15. You'll get 15% off the book. I made a mistake earlier. The price of the assessment is actually $19.99 for you and your spouse to go through. $40 is not that much money to invest in your marriage. No, I I really am so positive that that investment will be the best assessment investment you make potentially in your lifetime. To learn a new language. Rosetta Stone's like 300 bucks. Yeah, no, Mm -hmm. it's a piece of cake. (laughs) That's good stuff. (laughs) All right, please check that out. Hey, we are here because of givers and donations that come into the ministry of marriage today it's the end of the year if you're thinking about where to give money this year please consider marriage today everything that we do every day is done through our donations and our donors special partners out there so please consider making a donation go to marriage today marriage today.com to do that thanks again guys for being a part of the podcast thanks for having us we'll see you next time